Say that one more time. I said, um, you know, before we get into like the albums of the year, um, I just would like to take this minute and um, say that uh, as a page, I was right about NFTs. <laughs> Yo, fuck NFTs. NFTs are trash. They, like, honestly, it was a scam from the jump. Okay, not from the jump. I will say they were cool for like maybe like a month, but until people realized they could make money off of it, that's when it became trash. Yeah, exactly. When it was anti-art, it was cool. When Aphex Twin was making them and, like, Beeple was making the one of, like, Buzz Lightyear with his fucking cock out, like, that shit was cool. And then it, and then all of a sudden now it's, like, fucking uh, a bunch of stupid, like, monkeys that look like Paris Hilton. And, uh... <laughs> no, it's it's not even... It doesn't even look like Paris Hilton. It was, it's just, like, the same board ape with, like, blonde hair. Yeah. And that's... That's it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then it's like, oh, they're customizable. They move and stuff like that. It's like, I, I don't know. It, it just it felt very childish. The whole NFT craze, like, like, like all these games where it's like, oh, it's like Grand Theft Auto, but you can kill people and like take their like crypto. Or it's like, oh, you and your friends like go to space and like you like you invest in crypto as you're doing it. I'm like, this sounds like this sounds like trash and it sounds like a scam, honestly. So yeah, fuck NFTs. NFTs are garbage. I'm just gonna play a quick clip from uh, one of my favorite comedians, Stavros Halkius. And then we're going to get into the albums of the year. The least cool people on earth tricked you into spending your down payment on a house on a fu- on the worst drawing I've ever seen. On something that you should pay a quarter for to come out of a vending machine at the grocery store. I hope I haven't offended any Elon Musk reply guys. <laughs> Elon, please, uh, Doge, pump in. My wife is going to leave me. I believe in you, please, sir. <laughs> uh, before we get into this list of the 25 albums of the year so far, uh, I just want to say this has been a really interesting year for music overall. Um, there's been a lot of great material from artists uh, new and old, you know what I mean? Like Mitski, especially, uh, FK Twigs coming out of hiding to, to make a, a great album, but we're going to get into those a little bit later. First, we want to get into the top uh, like 25 to like, what, like 16 or something like that? Um, these are these are the albums of the year uh, that are in the lower rung. They're still very good, but I would say they don't like uh, mm. completely like touch like the top ten yeah. uh, for various reasons, which we might or may or may not, yeah may or may not get into depending on like the context of the album. Um, but in this is pretty much in random order from start to finish. These are twenty five to sixteen in random order. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and then for the top ten, it's going to be the same thing. We're just going to talk about the albums. Uh, you, you'll know that they're in the top 10, but you don't know the, the placing of them. You know, we don't want to give away all the sauce and then, you know, you just go somewhere else. So, <laughs> you know, stay yeah, here. So we, You're insecure. So we, yeah. Stay here to get your sauce. You know what I mean? Please. <laughs> but, uh, no, in, in all seriousness, these, like, these albums we're going to list, um, they're definitely the top albums of the year for us. Um, some of them deserve more time than others, but, like, they are all very solid and you should listen to them. Um, I think that, we're, we're just gonna list is just like songs that like we feel like they aren't the top but like definitely deserve some recognition yeah so starting off with uh the debut album from mother mary i am your god this is an album from italians do it better it's their new wave of artists um this is actually one of the first artists that we reviewed that actually responded to us i remember back uh in the day we i reviewed that after dark three uh thing i typed people like june and club international mother mary that was the first time we knew that we can actually like you know review albums on instagram and people like would actually see them um but mother mary was definitely you know definitely had one of my favorite songs from that called resurrection and this album follows in the footsteps it's like a little bit sacrilegious um the, it's two twin sisters basically from texas and they make this like electro pop uh record uh it goes into that 80s style it has madonna covers um it's very conceptual and it's really cool 
Yeah, um, next on the list is uh, 2 Chains' album, Dope Don't Sell Itself. Um, this is, like, one of the most several albums that he's released. Um, he, 2 Chains is a veteran when it comes to rap albums. Now it is. Uh, he was it? He came out when we were in high school, probably, like... Mm, sophomore, junior year, maybe? When yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 2 Chains got a few on. <laughs> Birthday song and all that stuff, yeah. Birthday song, yeah. So... Two Ch- it's got a, it's really cool to know that uh, Two Chains is still back in the game. Um, he's still able to like kind of compete with the young people uh, that's in rap today. In fact, like he does a really good job on this album to like kind of incorporate himself uh, with the new rap uh, wave that's going on with like Little Baby, Moneybag Yo, uh, Forty Two Doug, Young Boy Never Broke Again, Little Dirt. You, you know, you know the, the, <laughs> the usual roster, suspects. Yeah. yeah, the usual suspects of rap. Um, what I thought that he did very well in this album is that he was able to incorporate his, like, unk energy and kind of make it relatable to the kids, as what they say. Especially on songs like um, Pop Music, Million Dollars Worth of Game, um, and uh, Kingpin Ghost Rider. Um, yeah, 2 Chains, like, I think he's able to hold his own. Yeah, if 2 Chains is the unk, I guess Earl Sweatshirt is, like, the stoner cousin that you watch all, like, the, <laughs> the like, cabin fever and shit in his room. He's he has a cousin a, you don't appreciate until, like, you're older. Yeah, he has a ferret. He's always got ro- blunts rolled up and shit. Um, but, yeah, Earl Sweatshirt's sick. Really great album. Um, not, like, his best, I would say. It's definitely, like, one of his lower-rung albums. But uh, in the theme of healing and in the theme of making something slightly less, like, provocative, but also, you know, uh, switching it up and having, like, a really nice perspective on life, I feel like this is a good balance of that. Because I feel like his last two albums before this, like the, like especially uh, like peaking with like so- the song East on the the album before this, uh, I feel like he was in a really bad place with the loss of his father and you know only having his mother and that kind of thing, alcoholism, that kind of stuff. I feel like he was really in a bad place. And on this album, he's not necessarily in a good place, but I feel like the pandemic really humbled him and he was able to focus on things that his life that he really cares about. Uh, the song Tabula Rasa is probably one of my favorite old songs. It's called. It's basically um, uh, I don't know if it's Latin or whatever, but it's like um, wiping the slate clean is like the kind of the, the phrasing of it that's what tabula rasa means and this album kind of feels like that for me uh for him i'd say yeah uh next on the list is blade and echo 2k's crest um this is a nice hyper pop album coming from the, these two of uh you know drain gang swedes <laughs> swedish guys swedish guys um yeah it's a very fun album that these two guys have uh well two people have that um it's just like it's fun, hyper pop. It's light. It's not too heavy. It's very easy to listen to, uh, with some very catchy the earworm choruses on this album. Uh, I think it's able to stand itself away from like the, its typical competition of hyper pop. Like it's still very unique, but still just as fun. Yeah, it's like a, it feels like a whole different genre. It feels very ethereal. And seeing them live, uh, shout out to Echo Two K for grabbing my arm for using too much flash. Sorry about that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> they were <laughs> they were incredible live. But once he did that, honestly, it infused me with the drain energy. And ever since then, I've been listening to his music uh, a lot and this album a lot. Um, but anyway, the next album is by Ariel Pink, a controversial figure. You know what I mean? Uh, he got canceled about a year or two ago, as a lot of people know, for going to like the uh, the protests in Washington for Donald Trump, and which you know uh, concluded in the insurrection on January sixth or whatever it was. Big oof. Big oof. Uh, he was just in his <laughs> hotel room, but nonetheless, he got canceled, and he ended up on Tucker. Uh, he lost his you know record label, uh, Mexican Summer, and then now he's like kind of self. Uh, releasing his own shit. This album actually got taken off of Spotify and off of DistroKid just because it's Ariel Pink um, for a long time, which is really interesting. Uh, I had a, actually had a conversation with him in his DMs uh, about that, <laughs> and he was pissed. He was super pissed. 
Um, but anyway, this album really uh, has that energy, that villain kind of uh, uh, Ariel Pink type energy, you know, like uh, Revenge of the Iceman off of his last album dedicated to Bobby Jameson. It, it takes that like rough, like kind of exterior sound and makes it even more lo-fi. And there's a lot of sweet moments on here, like that Ariel Friedman song about uh, giving like a homeless girl a pickle. Um, <laughs> I'm watching fireworks in the park. Um, but yeah, it's a good album. American pastimes. Good album, not his best, but Ariel Pink uh, always drops solid uh, material, and this is no exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, next on our list is uh, Beach House, uh, Once, Twice, A Melody. Um, yeah, this group does a really good job at um, balancing between like rock music and kind of like, I don't want to say like, like, tronic but like the vocals are are actually like kind of um more of an like an auto-tune type of thing mm-hmm. on some of the tracks which uh kind of keeps it interesting for me um this album is very aesthetically pleasing to me uh every song just feels so like peaceful and some of the songs too are just like so passionate even though like the lyrics are uh repeat itself or that there's like some lyrics on there that um you might not be able to relate to. I still think that this album has a very good feel to it. Um songs like Pink Funeral, um feels very cinemata- um cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um the way the song feels like a rock opera at some points with like the strings and the vocal performances are so somber. But like we have some tracks like Runaway, which is a great track that uh has a great build up to it, and especially with like the Daft Punk type of vocals on it. Yeah. Um yeah, it just feels has a really good vibe to it, even though it, it is a, uh, a little long with the two disc or three disc, uh, four. Oh yeah, disc. it's like three EPs or whatever all together. That's how they released it. Really odd uh, format, but interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting way, but I feel like every single disc has a shining uh, song on there that's just like incredible. Yeah, I agree, and I've been a long time fan of Beach House. Um, one of my favorite dream pop acts. Um, after. Cockatoo Twins, they're, they're my favorite. Beach House is my second favorite. And that's one of the ba- Beach House is one of those bands that, like, quote unquote, like copies another band, but takes the sound and just brings it in a whole new direction. So, like, like, like the way that Black Sabbath and Typo Negative have that kind of relationship years later, generations later, Beach House has definitely that kind of um, aesthetic and that feel um, for sure. I love Beach House. Um, you know, this is one of their better albums of their modern times. Uh, I still don't think it holds a candle to, like, Bloom or, um, uh, like, Teen Dream, but. Uh, really good for modern beach house and they're still finding new ways to innovate their sound uh jenny Haval, i don't have much to say about classic objects it's really personal for her it's a really experimental type of album um but yeah not i'm not too big of a fan of jenny Haval. Like, she's just very like she's just very experimental and like i i appreciate what she does but i never really like am like a massive fan of it so honestly this would probably be like my number 25 um but we can go into the next one yeah, next song is um or not album. Next, next album by uh, Young Ko uh, DFTK, a Young Thug protege, which I feel like in today's market is just v- high in demand and also high in supply. So yeah, sa- on that. I agree, it's very saturated. But there's only a couple. That, it's like Squid Games. There's only a couple that actually like are good. <laughs> like I think, uh-huh. <laughs> out of like the whatever amount of people are in Squid Games, like yeah. there's always the main part of those people which well i feel like we saw on slime time uh or slime language too yeah yeah uh, which um young ko was featured on um yeah this album is a great collaboration between uh hyper pop and trap music today i feel like this album is what trippy red's uh trip at night tried to be except like i think young ko did it a little more masterfully yeah um it's not not quite as goofy i would say that's what i like the most about it 
It's not as goofy. It's a little more serious in tone, but I will say some of the lyrics are just a little bit childish, so that's why it's not going to be like our top album of yeah. the year. But, I mean, with some tracks on here with uh, Yeet, with Yeet, um, that one song, I Hear You, or Hear You with Earth Eater, I think uh, that track really makes this album really stand out. But, um, you know, it's a very good step in the right direction of how to combine hyperpop and trap music together. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's definitely taking the newer sounds and it's like synthesizing them into something brand new, um, which is really cool. It's not completely reinventing the wheel, but the production is definitely the strongest suit. Young K was a good personality. Uh, Nilfer Yanya, uh, I don't remember where she's from. I think she's from the UK. Um, she's beautiful. I just want to say that. I'm simping for Nilfer Yanya. <laughs> I love her. Uh, I just want to say that if you're out there, like, I love you. Uh, let's go on a date. Um, but Painless is a great album <laughs> by her. It's definitely her best. Um, you know, her the album before, I, I, I really love that one, but it's a little bit too, like, uh, like it's a debut, so it's, like, kind of trying to prove something, and it, it definitely does, but I think this album refines that sound and makes it, like, a little bit more uh, concise and, like, you know, just focusing on good songs in the way that, like, um, Snail Mail did with her last album, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely incorporates more of like the rock uh, vibe with it. Like it, it sounds like really good and very unique. Yeah. Uh, to me. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay, so the next album is uh, Denzel Curry, "Melt My Eyes, See Your Future." Um, this album, uh, um, pretty solid project out of Denzel Curry. Um, definitely not one that like really sticks out with his uh, discography. Uh, Taboo was really great by him. Um, I even liked uh, uh, Welcome to the Zoo, um, Unlocked. Like I feel like those projects were very distinct and like very noticeable. And this one kind of like I feel like every song is good. Like I'm not gonna say like like I'm not gonna sit here and say Denzel Curry sucks because yeah, in, in reality, like he has just been I think the sleeper of uh, the 2016 XXL class. Um, he is very talented. He's a very good lyricist um the beats are really good there's some great songs on here like walk-in um troubles featuring t-pain even though i know you don't like it ryan yeah i I, i've I've come around to it a little bit i just don't need to hear t-pain on a new song that's kind of just how i feel but yeah yeah i mean for me that track was like it wasn't really like it was a nice like refresher of like nostalgia i guess yeah that's fair like like oh that's nice but like i wouldn't like consider that to be like top song of the year like i feel like there's other better songs on here like x-wing is very good as well x-wing is amazing i love yeah. x-wing so much yeah like denzel curry he's a good lyricist on this album his metaphors have been are insane uh production's a little more cowboy than i, I would have liked but um it's still pretty it's a very solid album yeah, I would say so. Um, Tori and Ma, I put this in here tentatively because I, I've been listening to it a lot. It's definitely in the top 25 or top 30 or top albums of the year for sure. It's very jammy. It's a lot different than his last album if you listen to that one, which was like um, had songs that were <laughs> featured on the Ikea demo lamp. Like it's like that kind of music where it's very poppy and like immediate <laughs> and like can, it would, would get people to want to buy Ikea lamps. But like this album is the opposite. Uh, it's like very brain melting. It's very expansive. It's like almost like going to see a jam band live or something like that. Um, uh, there's like some visuals around this album that focus, uh, that have, um, what's his name? Eric Andre in it. 
I don't know. It's a really cool and kind of goofy and interesting concept. It, it really feels like somebody like it, it feels like something that like we would do if like we uh, had like a cult hit on our hands or made a bunch of money and we were like, oh, let's like let's start a magazine. Like let's make everything really tactile and like physical and like the whole universe around our album. So you said the money to 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 back our ideas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it took Tori Ma a long time. He's been doing it since like 2010 and shit, and he's just he's just finally like getting the respect and everything he deserves. He just got a Grammy like last year. Um, Oh, we're, we're, do you know what um for, which uh, category? The uh, best electronic song, uh, the the difference with Flume, which is a really great song. Oh, that was a really good one. Really, I didn't even know that uh, they worked on it. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that was his vocals. Yeah, that's a great song. Um, but yeah, uh, really good so far. I don't know where it, I have no idea where it places. It could be top ten. It could be top like it could be number fifty. I have no idea, but I like it yeah. a lot. I yeah, love it. Yeah, we're working on these rankings, <laughs> but y'all will know more in December when we get there. But anyways, uh, next album. Uh, Wet Leg, uh, debut and self-titled album, Wet Leg. Um, this, uh, two-girl band, uh, they fucking rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. It rocks. It's a, it, this album definitely rocks. Yeah, it, they really have some, like, high songs on here. Like, I really enjoyed the track, uh, Wet Dream. I think, um, it has a very nice, um, like, chorus to it. It has a very nice beat to it. It's a very nice, like, pop rock song that's not, like... You know, like most pop rock songs that we hear in the fucking mainstream now. Yeah, the lyrics are very more specific. I feel like, and it's like a little bit more upbeat and fun than. Uh, it, it reminds me of that. Um, what the fuck is that being called from California? It's like those two girls, um, Illuminati hotties. Um, people out there probably know who that is. Um, but they came out with that album last year, and it's like very like goofy and highly conceptual, and like you know, it's like girl rock type shit. So it reminds me of that for sure. <clears throat> but um. Black Country New Road, another um, band. It's not a debut. It's their sophomore album. The lead singer, Isaac Wood, left the band, actually, this year, which was pretty sad for fans. Uh, it made me want to listen to this album because I was like, all right, well, if he left in such a dramatic fashion, like, I wonder what, like, you know, what album is produced out of it. Um, I wanted to hate this album because it definitely falls in line with, like, that, like, nerdcore shit. Like, people who, people who yell at me. Uh, this one meme page yelled at me for not listening to Injury Reserve. Uh, fuck them. I'm not going to say them by name. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> not going to give them the clout. <laughs> I'm not going to give them the clout. Fuck you. Suck my dick. Um, but um, <laughs> this is some type of shit that they would they would say is like the album, best album of all time. If you don't think so, fuck you. Like type shit. It's very pretentious. And it's like uh, my my friend, our friend Peter said uh, it's like um, MCR but like on IPA with IPAs or something like that. Uh, <laughs> I can see it's that. A good analogy. It's, yeah. a, it's a good analogy. It's true. Uh, it's very nerdy, but it's undeniably good. It's like mixed so well. There's like nine members of the band. It's like an arcade fire album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I have a soft spot because like arcade fire, both their albums, uh, reflector and funeral were my first two vinyls that I ever owned. So like, I kind of got like a nostalgia whiplash back to that. Uh, it's very good. Um, again, not one of my favorites for my personal taste, but it's definitely like I have to give it a I have to give it a nod as anti art. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. No, same here. I feel like that album, uh, ends from up here. I feel like this album is it's very well done. Everything is incredibly. It sounds incredible altogether. They did such a good job. But we're—I feel like we're just not the target audience. I feel like this album isn't really for us. But I mean, I feel like. We're, since we've been reviewing music for a while, we're able to separate who we are as people to, to have a deep understanding and appreciation of this type of art form. 
That's a super good point. I mean, honestly, like, I'm more partial to, like, Earl Sweatshirt or um, Beach House because I've been a fan for them for so long or those kind of pleasant sounds. But, like, someone like Jenny Haval and, like, Black Country New Road, like, I have to give them their props even though they're, it's not my – it's not exactly my type. You know what I mean? It's not exactly my favorite mm-hmm. type of music. But just as anti-art, yeah. you know, as Ryan, I'm going to give it this. But as anti-art, I have to give it – I have to give nods to these, like – like, Yuli mm-hmm. especially, um, um, but, uh, which we'll get into later. But yeah. I mean, real recognizes real, am I right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Real recognizes real. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of which, um, <laughs> real recognizes real. The next album on our list is Pusha T's. Oh, it's almost dry. Um, this, I peed my uh, bed. It's almost dry. <laughs> <laughs> this album, um, I have been a huge fan of Pusha T for for uh, actually, I won't even say many years. I really just like I started listening when Daytona came out because Daytona was such like a great rap album it definitely deserved rap album of the year even though i did like the cardi b album but come on like daytona yeah who cares about cardi b daytona is way better exactly like um uh, daytona aged better uh in fact it's funny too like he mentions that in this album as well when he (laughs) says like the only way you can rob him is through the grammys like that's it (laughs) oh (laughs) shit that's a good oh wow (laughs) damn i didn't realize that was a reference probably specifically to that huh Oh, yeah, it totally was. It was the only way it was robbed. Um, and because, like, I feel like Pusha T got, gained so much respect uh, from Daytona, especially working uh, very well with Kanye West uh, when he was producing slash featuring, which he continues that streak here on It's Almost Dry. Uh, I feel like this album is kind of like like a producer duel or producer battle. Like a versus between, battle, yeah. Exactly, between Kanye West and Pharrell Williams, since both of them have produced most of this um, album. Um, yeah, half, it's really, ha- half and half. Yeah, yeah, it pretty much is half. half. In fact, like it is. is yeah. it, Spotify released um, mm-hmm. <laughs> a version of the album, a versus version. Yep. Yeah, a versus ver- version. Well, which, is, which beats do you like more? Would you say Kanye's or or, or Pharrell's? Um, I would say Kanye's, just because. I mean, I am a Kanye fan and possible stan i mean who knows <laughs> depending on his next move yeah, the, yeah troy just went to the doctor trying to figure out his diagnosis if he's a stan or not <laughs> exactly um we're still waiting uh for test results but um <laughs> yeah kanye like i feel like um when he produced this album for Pusha t it feels like he was kind of like his like Pusha t's version of watch the throne of what detona was of like kind of his discography and of the other albums too um, I feel like um, he can't, like he he was able to do some like ju- more of like a jungle theme type of beats and Pusha T was his lyrics are just so great on this like um, I really enjoy the wordplay he has on this it's fun he's also another uncle of the the dope selling <laughs> genre of rap and honestly I feel like Diet Coke is one of the top songs of the year so far. I agree. I think that's a great beat, great song. Uh, I also love uh, Let the Smokers Shine the Coops, I think it's called. Oh, that's a really good one, too. That's probably my favorite. That's that's a Pharrell beat, though. That's why, I, I, honestly, he has a he has a longer history with Pharrell than he does with um, Kanye, surprisingly, because uh, he was in clips with his brother, No Malice, or uh, Malice, actually, rather, which he teams mm-hmm. up with on the on the last album, uh, last song of this album. Um, but, yeah, him and Clips uh, go way back, like, to Virginia. Uh, him and Pharrell and Clips and all that. That, that was, like, 2008. Mm-hmm. You ever hear the song Shining? Uh, I probably... 
It's, that's like the beat. It's like boom, 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 boom. Like kids used to play it on the desk at school or some shit. I'm your Pharrell from the Neptunes, and I just wanna let y'all know. I'm your. I'll probably play us into the next segment with that song. About to feel something that they never felt before. Uh, before I play us into the next segment with that clip song I had mentioned, just want to also give a shout out to Sasami with Squeeze. Uh, this is her, it's not her debut album, it's actually her sophomore album. And similarly, similarly, yeah, similarly to uh, Nilfer Yanya, I think she just really um, synthesized a, a, a brand new sound and like really like went forward with it. I would say even more so than Nilfer Yanya as far as like being ambitious with it. It's it's definitely kind of all over the place, but it's like it's central, it's central around sonic themes of like industrial and uh, harsh electronic music, metal music, but then there's also some folk on here. Um, it's a really ambitious uh, project that she worked on here. Um, I've been following her on Instagram. I love her her aesthetic and everything and everything she's been sharing, like all the all the concert um, videos and shit like that. It looks sick. I want to see her live. Um, but yeah, uh, without further ado, let's get into the top ten. Come on. From ghetto to ghetto, the backyard to yard, I sell it whip, run, whip, and soft to hard. I'm the neighborhood pusher, call me subwoofer, cause I pump bass like that jack. And we're back. Um, yeah, so this is going to be the top 10 albums of the year so far. Um, here's, here's something I'll put out up top. If we don't get to your favorite album when we rush through it, it's because we're trying to end this at exactly 65 minutes tops. And one other thing I'd like to say is if anybody can guess the top 10, like, like, and rank them. If anybody's actually listening to this, I hope people are actually listening to this. If anybody's actually listening to this and you can rank the top 10, I will give you one of my vinyls. It, w- it will not be a good one. And a t-shirt <laughs> for free. So if you can, if you can rank it, you can be the first to rank it based on the reviews that have been out so far, what we're talking about, the, mo- the most, the, the, the in-depthness with which we talk about this shit. I will literally, I will personally send you one of my vinyls and I will send you a t-shirt. All right, so let's start. Uh, and he'll give you the keys to his house. Yeah, and I'll give you the keys to my house. Exactly. <laughs> you can come in whenever you want. Uh, <laughs> you get to sleep in my basement. It's it's a lot. Like yeah, this is a real big wager. This is like uh, what that guy who who does the uh, the brackets or whatever with the fuck Warren Buffett or whatever. It's like mm. that. <laughs> like you're not gonna be able to get it, so I'm just gonna put up everything so people, you know, flock to the this podcast. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> And in our top ten, what a trip to Ryan's basement. Yeah, what a trip to Ryan's basement. Exactly. Um, so we're gonna go through the top ten. This is gonna be in no particular order, but if you if you're a, a stand of this page and you focus, you can probably figure out you know where these things go. Anyway, we're gonna start off with uh, one of my favorite albums of the year, uh, a comeback album for in a lot of ways. Um, I love a band that you know has something in the 2000s that's fire, and then like 20 years later, that's like the next the mo- the next most fire thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, like, like in between, there's stuff that's good, but this is like you know cream of the crop as far as their music goes. Um, very explorative. Um, without further ado, I want to talk about the Animal Collective album "Time Skiffs." Uh, I saw this live at Pitchfork this year, uh, or last year rather. Parts of this album, uh, it was really incredible. I didn't know that a lot of these tracks were actually going to be on "Time Skiffs." I thought it was like some older material. Um, but yeah, it's very explorative. It literally feels like you're on like a, a raft going through. Um, some sort of a jungle, you know what I mean? Like through the water, it's very tactile. You can kind of, I feel like you can kind of see and smell and like hear everything that's going on around you almost like that. And it's mm-hmm. very emotional in that way too. Uh, it's a very all body experience. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, this album is very unique, especially instrumental wise. Um, they definitely have like some letter instruments that like, 
can really create a whole vibe and really get you into like transport into the time skiffs world, if you may. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, there's some really good tracks on here too, especially like on uh, we go back and Walker. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of a sucker for the singles that came out of this album, but it just sounds like kind of like a Beach Boy song, uh, very like island like instrumentals and like xylophone. Like it just sounds like. Like just like such a classic sound, but like done in a, such a new way that like it's still. I mean, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's definitely the new version of the wheel. If you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And their album Meriwether Post Pavilion was an album of like pop hits. I feel like in a way, and this album is definitely more of like a. You can listen to it from top to bottom, and it's like a real. It's a more uniform experience than that record mm-hmm. in that way, uh, where it's more of like a journey. Um, I, I love the song Dragon Slayer, Car Keys. The first two songs mm-hmm. are just incredible. Like, like Car Keys yeah. is so like rusty, and like it's how it starts. It's crazy. Yeah, seriously. Like I, this album really does kind of like draw you in, especially on Dragon Slayer. It's just such a like the chorus is very good on the song, and I really enjoy the beat. It just sounds it just like it just sounds so carefree, but the lyrics like have a good meaning to them. Yeah, and the song Presser John, honestly, I've I've cried a couple times to that song. It's very chilling, and it's very, it's a song. It feels like a song about growing up, um, in a way. And I feel mm-hmm. like Animal Collective is like such like a youthful kind of band, like it, just by their very nature. You know what I mean? Uh, in in a lot of ways, they're not like it's not that they're not mature. It's just like they're when they came onto the scene, they were it just felt like a bunch of like college kids, like really like doing something new and experimental, and like you know what I mean, like bucking the system. But now that like I see them on stage, and they're like you know like my dad's age or close to my dad's age, but it's like they're still making this music that feels very youthful, and but it also feels like it reflects upon um, a life lived. Like I don't know, the song Presser John's kind of feels like a man like um, aging in real time, and it's mm-hmm. like he can't do anything about it to stop it. It's like really like existential and beautiful. Yeah, I mean, right? You like uh, you know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that song because I did a little research on who Prester John was, hmm. and um, it turned it's like a mythical creature and or mythical character in like English stories or European stories hmm. where like Prester John was just like such a great warrior, such a great king. Like he was like this and that, like. You know, like one of the best out there. Yep. But then, um, looking back into history and like confirming the facts, it, like like it confirms like he was just like a regular dude. So like, mm, interesting. So it's kind of like word of mouth history versus what the actual history is, and kind of just like the song is kind of just like like you're dying, like Prester John, like like your your title and your character that you do in front of everybody, like the mythical uh, person that you portray yourself in hmm. is kind of dying every day. Wow, that's really interesting. I didn't thank you for looking that up. That's really insightful and really nice, actually. Damn, you always come with a surprise, Troy. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you know, like my brain, the way it works, I know a whole lot about nothing. Hey, man, that was that, yeah. That sounded that sounded pretty. That sounded right to me. That sounded solid to me. Like oh, yeah. it's really like an, an album about like confronting your own ego. Like it's it's beautiful, and uh, I think that's why I really felt so emotionally uh charged by it honestly you know what i mean i don't know like these top 10 albums i might get into it later with like the weekend again uh on our first recording i I got a little bit personal and i'll probably do it again but like uh, a a couple of these albums like really hit me personally and really helped me heal like in personal ways so like that's like a important uh time skips definitely does that and the next album i would say also fits with the theme of healing um just like just like the earl sweatshirt album and just like the fk twigs album this year i think the theme of healing is a really important one, and there's two albums in the top ten that I can think of, or actually three that uh, fall with that theme. But you can talk about the next one. I'll leave that convo. Um, yeah, sure. So our next album that we're going to discuss is Mitski's Laurel Hell. 
Um, this album is a great breakup album. <laughs> <laughs> I I really enjoyed this um this rock album of just like it's just such of um interesting songs. Um, I really enjoy the rock theme behind this one. Misky really seems to be coming into her own in this one. Uh, especially on tracks like "Working for the Knife," um, where she brings in like some like eighty cents and some like clanky metal sounds, and it's just like it really like puts you into the song. Um, I really like in the beginning how like she like she's kind of like, crying about like the movies, and just like always like I, I wanted to be this person in the movie. Like it's kind of just like every kind of American thought of just like oh I really wanted to like be big, but then like you know not, but I'm still working for the knife. Like I'm still you know grounded in this reality that we live in but like but that's not even like one of my favorite songs i mean like heat lightning's amazing on this track on this album mm-hmm. the only heartbreaker uh, i think it's like one of the songs of the year for me for sure um it's just like i just love the 80s inspired production behind it um i think she has like her strongest vocal performance mm. on this track that, that one came out last year i will say uh, i think that made it to number six on our top but love me more is a, is a good mm. option as well well, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, yes, Love Me More is also <laughs> incredible. I mean, I, you know, like this album, like, I feel like there, there's not, there's, been, there's like no duds, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Like, I feel like every single song on this album, I mean, Love Me More, uh, I think it's just incredible as well. Um, the lyrics are really great. The chorus is phenomenal. Um, it's just like such a great one. Um, Should Have Been Me was really good as well. Uh yeah, it's just this whole album is just like an incredible breakup album. I do want to say it's very funny that you said that Mitsuki was coming into her own as if she doesn't have like three other classic albums. Well, <laughs> she's really a talent to watch. <laughs> Keep your eye on her. No, but I, I'm just saying that like I feel like 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 every album that she does is just like it's, I feel like she's able to like reinvent herself. To yeah, me, like, I, I know what you're like, trying to say. I'm just I'm just I'm just making fun of you. But yeah, <laughs> no, I know. I'm just trying to clarify for the view for the, for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, she's like a, a, a different version of herself, and it's um like like our friend Motsky said, uh, it's a new ver- a new version of Mitski on every uh, new album she comes out with. Yeah, this is like her her uh, her evil era. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it sounds so sweet. Exactly, she does it so well. <laughs> um, exactly but yeah Misky uh, Misky's great I, w- I wish to see her live um at some point in time one day yeah one day you know I'll we'll, we'll, we'll catch her uh live um but you know I guess we can go into the next album uh one of uh Misky's openers I believe on the tour if I'm not mistaken I might be wrong but um oh no I'm sorry she was opener for Charlie XCX um but uh Yuli Glitch Princess Yuli uh they are an artist coming out of the UK They've been making music for a little while. I, I was completely blind to them uh, if if it wasn't for our Discord server, which we don't really use very much anymore. But, you know, shout out to our Discord server. Um, Icarus wrote a review of this album and really turned my attention to them. Um, I, I love the, the mech, you know, the whole mech vibe of this, the whole stylized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, the aesthetics. I think her photo shoots are, like, some of the best, like, that are out um, currently. Like, mm-hmm. like, some of the most interesting, I would say. Like, just naturally interesting. Yeah, um, it definitely feels feels like um this album is kind of like written but it, it kind of sounds like it's inspired by like the ghost in the shell-esque if if the ghost in the shell wrote main album you know what i mean yeah it's, it's, it's like it's very like robotic and very like anime and like feels to it it's really like especially with the mechs that really like brings me into the anime field and like the ghost in the shell thing that you were talking about 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and honestly, like I really enjoy the intro of this album as well. Um, my name is Nat Simmel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really I, something about just like it, it was a, it's spoken word song, but um, in the song uh, or spoken word, uh, Yule is um, basically just like talking about like all of their desires, kind of mm-hmm. like their id. Which I'm just like, if a robot did have like sentient life, right? Like it wouldn't really have like a moral compass. It'd be more about the id of just like what it likes, and yeah. It just like says it, you know. It's very honest, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like like I like to fuck. I like eating food. I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't like how uh food lingers on my body. Like I like to use people. Like you know what I mean? It's just like it's like these thoughts like you will never say out loud. But it's a track of that. Yeah, it's very like human. It's like oddly humanizing in a way because it is just like spouting out. It's almost like that. I thought I, uh, I thought about killing you last night. Song by Kanye, where it's just like the base desires, like oh, just say whatever is on the top of your mind and don't like uh, filter it out type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also it also calls back and reminds me of another intro, another great intro track, Non-Binary by Arca, where it's like I do what I want to do when I want to do it, bitch, I got the racks to prove it. Like it's just like really just speaking from like the the heart and like the 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 brain, you know what I mean? Just like just like straight off the dome type of thing, just not like not really even um, again like thinking about it. It's like automatic in a way, um, uh, and and that that was also similarly inspired by Mex that album, uh, as you can tell by the cover, Kick Eye, um, but. Yeah, uh, this album is really great. Going back to the Glitch Princess by Yuli, um, Electric is a fantastic song. It definitely, it definitely feels like an AI generated album where it's like, all right, here's FK Twigs, here's like Charlie XCX, here's like, yeah, like all these different like uh, art pop type artists like Kate Bush or that kind of stuff. And it's like mm-hmm. kind of like filtered through like this like eighties like analog uh, computer or something like that. And it like really like like the, like some of the files get corrupted and like it doesn't exist or whatever and like the melodies are get all fucked up and it's very like uh modulated and and like flipped around there's like a lot of autotune uh, you saw autotune on this album that's really clever mm-hmm. um this is like one of the best produced albums of the year for sure um daniel daniel harl daniel harl who produced um carolyn polichek's album pang did an amazing job on this um and then there's this really ambitious and long song at the end of this <laughs> Yeah. It's four, it's four hours and forty four minutes long. It's like this yeah. large like ambient piece. I don't know if anybody's listened to it all the way through. Probably, um, but yeah. Uh, this, <laughs> I mean, I, tr- I tried. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's really a, it's just overly it's just like a super ambitious album. And this is another album where. Um, where it really touches on both of our, on our sensitivities, you know what I mean? Like, like I feel like that again, that anti art of like Jenny Haval or something like that, um, where it's like it is anti art and it is crazy. And same with like uh, Black Country New Road, where it's like it's undeniably like anti, it's undeniably like against the grain or whatever. But mm-hmm. you know, uh, also it has the pop sensibilities and like the song structures and like you know the good tracks to make it like also like a perfect pop type album. So this is definitely mm-hmm. this is definitely going high up in the rankings. Yes, it definitely took the right amount of risks. Took the right amount of risk, but it had the right amount of melodies and, and, and touched on the right amount of sensibilities for my personal taste. Like, Pop 2 is, like, my favorite pop album. So, like, when I look at this, this is, like, a continuation of it without biting it type of thing. Um, but, yeah, I digress. Um, we can move on to the next album. Uh, uh, I also wanted to say, uh, shout out to Troy for re-recording this with me. We did, like, two hours last time, and <laughs> we both got really high, and we just kept calling every album great. And it was, <laughs> we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, what did you do? Um, it was great. I tried to edit it and it was, it was a nightmare. We just kept laughing at like us saying great and it just turned into like a feedback loop and it was like, yeah. bro, it was impossible to edit, I swear to God. But plus, Isra Miller was very hot in the news that we just couldn't, we couldn't stop talking about. Bam. 
<laughs> yes, we cannot stop talking about them throwing chairs yes, at people's them. heads. Yes, but we, we couldn't stop. To, they th- we can't stop about the, them talk throwing chairs. You know, it is still relevant in the news though that we could talk about for just about five seconds before we move on to uh, the next three albums that we're going to talk about. Or four. Uh, uh, let's talk about um, Johnny Depp for one second. Um, team Johnny. Um. I mean, yeah, Team Johnny. Like Amber Rose is Amber man. Rose. <laughs> Not Amber Rose. Um, Damn, he got a bad Amber one. Heard. Uh-huh. Dude, sorry, it's just all these ambers, but uh, yeah, the mid amber, yeah, amber, <laughs> amber heard, she's nuts, yeah. she really is. Like I couldn't believe that that uh, Jack Sparrow put up with this for, <laughs> for so long. <laughs> That's why he was such an alcoholic, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I would be too if if if, if like I wake up to shit in the bed, like, <laughs> like uh, I'm t- I'm in an argument with my girlfriend. Next thing I know, my fingers got severed. Like their life just sounded like a, a a washing machine filled with red wine, just like constantly turning and flipping and like at all times, like never nothing's ever straight up and like you know what I mean. It's all very like oh my god, it's a very early like two thousands type relationship that just like you pull the cover off it later and it's like holy shit, like this relationship is horrible, kind of on both ends. But she's like way worse, obviously cutting his finger off and shit. Yeah, that that was pretty bad and. Yeah, just such an interesting case. Like, I, I feel like everyone is oddly very invested. Maybe it's because it's so public. People are just so invested, and yeah, people just miss parts of the Caribbean. We just got sixty thousand views on a video that we posted. Like, I just like took it from somebody's story and posted it, and it was like sixty thousand fucking views. Crazy. Uh, so yeah, I guess people are more interested in that than these fucking albums. Because uh, <laughs> nobody wants to watch our YouTube channel. No, just kidding. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather watch Pirates of the Caribbean than our, than our channel. Yeah, Maybe that's what we should do. Just upload like like full movies. Yeah, I'm gonna do it like they did on Porno back in the day, and I'm gonna upload like Black Panther and like uh, Big Hero Six or whatever. But I don't exactly. know. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> you can talk about. Yeah. You can uh, start by talking about the Vince Staples uh, new album. Yeah, sure. Um, the next album, oh, well, spoiled it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, Vince Staples' next album, Ramona Park, uh, broke my heart. Uh, this is the newest album by Vince Staples. Definitely a big improvement from the last couple two. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of Self Titled, uh, and I wasn't really the biggest fan of of uh, FM. Um, but yeah, this really feels like like the same type of quality of Big Fish Theory, except in a totally different direction, which. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't mind um, because it wasn't Big Fish Theory. I mean, there was such a great pr- like, job done by uh, Sophie, uh, Sophie for on the uh, pr- production-wise. I feel like um, Vince is, has kind of the same passion of that album, mm-hmm. um, except in a brand-new type of tone. Same energy, yeah, exactly. The same like aggressive energy with the rapping rather than like uh, being laid back like on, his, on the self-titled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and like being like making tracks, like get off my dick, like like you know, just like uh, like I mean, like you said in the in the review of his album on, that you can watch on YouTube, uh-huh. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it does feel like uh, Vince during his career for, for the past couple of years, it just feels like a job for him, not a career. Like it, it seems like he was kind of like phoning it in, but on this album, he was able to really um have attention to detail he was really able to sit down and like create such a great album kind of like painting a picture of what it's like to be him in this point in his career Mm -hmm. yeah i agree uh it's very like it's like a wide scope that he casts um throughout the album like i feel like uh i I said it in the 
um, longer version of this that we recorded and that we scrapped. I said that it's like a almost like a open world like rap album, like almost like a GTA Five. It's very expansive and it's very like um, like twice. It's like twice the length of his last two albums. So it's like he really expounds a lot and he gets into themes and like it's very thematic and uh, stuff like that. I mean, the song like When Sparks Fly is a really great example of what I'm talking about. It's like a love song about his gun and it's, um, you know, every single line contributes basically to that theme in some way, shape or form. And um, it, it just tells a full story rather than just like coming out with a, a repetitive chorus, you know what I mean? And then just like going back into the darkness. Um, mm. kind yeah. Of like- yeah, I totally uh, feel that. Like, I feel like in this album, like, he's so charismatic that we're able to, like, kind of see his thought process and where he's at in his life. Especially when, um, in, like, tracks like, uh, like, A, Free the Homies, mm-hmm. or, like, you know, like, where he's, like, trying to be, like, a, a pop star or a rap star, but also, like, you know, he's still worried about, like, all of his homies that are, like, on the other side, like, they're in cages or in jails. Yep. Um, kind of just, like, uh, on Lemonade as well, which I think is, like, one of the top songs on here featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Uh, Ty Dolla Sign is amazing on the course, as, and um, it's very chill. It's very catchy. Um, I like the metaphor of Lemonade and how, like, his life – which is a good metaphor for his life, which is uh, bittersweet, where, like, um, you know, he has to deal with the harsh reality uh, that he would live in, but, like, since he's doing so well as a rapper and has, like, this money, like, he's still living life pretty sweetly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like the themes of, you know, uh, shade in the sun and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Again, we did talk we did talk about a lot of this in the two-hour thing, so we are kind of like uh, – I, I can I can remember some of the points that I made, so, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I remember some of them. I'm, I'm, I'm getting deja vu uh, for sure. But, yeah, I guess we can move on from there to um, FK Twigs' latest album, Capri Songs. I will say straight up I think this is like her worst album, but she only has three albums out. <laughs> She only has three albums out so far, and this is still a really, really great album. Um, the reason why I think it's her worst is because um, because she doesn't have, like, a harrowing experience to go through, and she also doesn't, quote-unquote, like, have anything to prove. So it kind of leaves her in an interesting spot. Um, that being said, this album is, like, a standout still, and it still is in the B range, and it still is, like, really good. But it's not quite... It's I, I, I've been trying to reconcile why it's not as good as her other shit, and I think it's because it's a mixtape and it's not an album. And it is literally a mixtape. Um, it's more like Angel's Pulse, like the album by Blood Orange, which has like literally some of his best songs ever, but also some experiments that don't exactly work out, but there's, I'm st- I still appreciate that they exist. So I think mm. that this album really, um, definitely encapsulates that for sure. I mean, it's, again, it's not quite as good as like Magdalene where like, again, she was going through like a public breakup where, um, Robert Pattinson fans were being really like racist to her. She had like fucking, um, ovarian cysts. Like she was like really going through it and like, you know, I don't know if she was being cheated on or not, but kind of like, you know, felt slighted and you get a song like cellophane at the end, which is just like one of the greatest songs, one of my favorite songs of all time, like literally like a top like 20 favorite song of all time for me. And it's just very harrowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is like her healing and her having fun. And like, you know, she has a song about like being hot and like dancing around like with shy girl on here or, um, uh, like ride the dragon, which is a little bit less serious, but it's like really like more of a banger. She does, she's never really done bangers, and I feel like on this album she's really open to that. I mean, even the song Bliss with um, Young Lean that she did this year is like an example of that. Um, yeah, or even Tears in the Club featuring The Weeknd, right? Like, amazing song. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess you can kind of say uh, what you were trying to say was that uh, she's suffering from her own success. Things are going too well for her. No, no. I, <laughs> what, 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 yeah, I guess so. I mean, when I when I say it's her worst, it's like trying to pin down like the worst like Quentin Tarantino movie or something, with the exception of like maybe Death Proof or whatever, where it's <laughs> well, like they... it's all bees. I know, like it's all like it's all great music. It's all great music uh, that yeah. she produces. You know. No, oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, every album we talk about is great. I mean, that that's how we kind of prefaces this episode of just like, yeah, like I mean, any critiques we have is just us being nitpicky. Like, it's still a great. Like, all these are great projects and albums, and, yeah, and or mixtapes uh, apparently. Yeah, uh, I, I but, can I, I can really respect the uh, Mitski for sure because people were calling her album mid as well, and I think people are just not understanding that literally, like, quote unquote, their mid is better than most people's other shit, and that's why like. Uh, like that's the uh, true of three albums in this top 10 actually that we'll get to the last one uh, in, in a few moments but um you know her mid is her like her quote unquote mid is better than like most people's like uh opuses you know what i'm saying like mm. i mean you get a song like light beamers on here thank you song like it's just so fucking conceptual beautiful the track girl interlude um with with warren ellis i mean she just invites so many different interesting people on this album she has like uh like honda uh which is like more of like a um it's, i don't know if it's uh afro not afrobeat it's um what the fuck is that genre uh, like dance hall kind of thing on this album i mean it just it she really just expands into a lot of different genres and like tries on a lot of different hats and most of them work and i think this album fucking rocks but um we can move on to the next one which is oh yeah uh the weekend's dawn of him yeah the weekend's Dawn of him uh i mean a very uh highly anticipated album on our page uh i mean we gave uh after hours what like an a a minus mm-hmm. um we really had our eye on the weekend and this project and I mean, I'm not going to say that it's, like, as good as After Hours. However, this is a very good concept album of what happens after you die, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. A like, con- um, continuation of his last album, too. Yeah, exactly. It's a very good, because um, I think this is, what, the second album in the possible trilogy that we're getting, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah, it's confirmed, yeah. Yeah, so, th- like, th- this is, like, I guess after all the fun that he had on After Hours, and now it's, like, kind of, like, the reality of his death and kind of a purgatory which um honestly this kind of reminds me of like savage mode 2 of of just like um instead of having morgan freeman it's jim carrey Mm -hmm. um narrating the story which is um yeah i really enjoyed i thought um jim carrey did a really good job being the uh imaginary radio host slash guide to our purgatory trail um this album really starts off very strong with don fm and gasoline um the production has been like amplified and being like unworldly um let's say uh who's the producer on that uh one or tricks point never we have on sacrifice we have like um the swedish house mafia who performed with him at coachella i mean we get all types of different people we get fucking like uh we don't get quincy jones uh on here producing but we have his influence and his blessing and then we get out of time which is a tomoko uh i'm not i i forgot her last name but you know midnight pretenders uh classic um it's a classic city pop song that actually got me and troy i feel like into city pop um mm. so it's a really well-placed and beautiful and incredible sample and i've used it on on many different podcast episodes like different times because i just fucking love that song i mean here we go again with how the creator is like such a victory lap it gets a little bit like a little bit dicey towards the end um but i think it definitely saves itself with out of um with not out of time i'm sorry with um with less, uh, than, less zero. than zero yeah i think it really saves itself uh from from 
being like a B minus with with less than zero, and it really elevates itself to like a more more of like a B plus. And you know, maybe if the little wind song wasn't on here, like an A minus or like an A or something like that. But mm. um, it starts off super strong. It continues to be really really good in the middle. It gets a bit dicey, but it saves itself. And I think I'm really excited for the the third um, the third one in this trilogy. But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I think um, yeah, I think this great album. album. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic album. Uh, I thought the pace of it was done very well. Uh, every song has its part. For, um, I mean, sure, like we're saying, there are like a dud or two, mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna let that detract from like how great of a concept album this was. Um, Less than zero, like we were saying, is probably one of the best ways to close out this album. Um, honestly, like that song kind of feels like you know, like after you watch like an anime of just like in the beginning, it's all like kung fu and like oh, yeah, rock and sure. roll and shit, and at the end, it's just like this peaceful song, which I felt like Less Than Zero was that where like it just felt very peaceful, felt very bliss, felt very emotional. Yeah, like the rain on the windows with the rose petals and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. And it felt like it was like such a good way to wrap up the album because like. emotionally i feel like that was just like the emotional release that we needed in order to like be done this project for sure and uh yeah i guess i'll get i'll get slightly less in depth with it than the last time i'm actually glad that we're re-recording this because like whatever but i was going through some really fucking tough shit with my last relationship uh going through that album uh when like when we were reviewing it we were talking about it um like within proximity to that uh kind of thing and i feel like this album really helped me like find healing and like really like do some self-reflection as well and not just like you know blame the other person but also blame myself and look into myself and try and be a better person for you know the next person that i date or next person that i see so i think this album continues to grow with me and it also after hours helped me with the breakup too so i feel like this album i feel like whenever the weekend drops something i'm like i'm heartbroken and he just is like there to pick me up uh and mm-hmm. and you know sing some say, watch out ladies when he get when the weekend goes into like his like evil era yeah when ryan's getting into his evil era. yeah i just follow the weekend <laughs> I, i'm like uh i'm like that dude that follows nancy pelosi's like husband with the stock market or whatever just like whatever he invests in <laughs> i invest in whatever the weekend is emotionally invested in or divested in i you know you can bet like, you know too. what that makes a lot of sense <laughs> yeah. yeah he's my guide he's literally my guide uh through everything so yeah uh i have i have a parasocial relationship with the weekend so uh you, you, that's just my just my baggage you just have to understand that if you date me uh or if you hook up with me anyway uh the soul glow diaspora problems this is a, a band coming out of philly um, sir <laughs> uh fantastic record i mean spirit of the beehive uh released our album of the year last year and soul glow is like getting close to that honestly uh, I, I will reveal that it is in our top three because i i literally said that in our in our last podcast which you should listen to by the way with soul glow it went really well uh those dudes are hilarious but th- that interview gave me more insight into the process of them making this album and um yeah this is this is one of the greatest hardcore albums that i've ever heard uh, i know that's kind of blasphemous because i haven't really heard that many hardcore albums but they just do something so unique on this shit. I mean, honestly, like like the the themes that they pick, whether it's stripponomics, where they talk about StockX and mm. and that kind of stuff. Um, no, yeah, I loved I loved stripponomics. Like, I think uh, I just love the metaphor of um, like kind of just like how the dripponomics works of just like the top people, like the influencers, buy the drip, and then like maybe the drip will trickle down into the rest of us like and it trickles down to like where he talks about his cousin is the one who buys all the clout shit just so he can resell it just like it's kind of just a way of just like how to like advance yourself in social mobility 
um, in a way of just like selling somebody else's clout, somebody else's swag. Yeah, so you, there's no like ownership at the end of the day, kind of thing. And I think that's kind of a big theme on this album. I mean, like even like We Want Revenge, it's like, and and John J, uh, John Jay, both those songs are about like not trusting the police, wanting to take up arms, kind of wanting to take back over you know territory and that kind of stuff. And um, they they call out the libs on this album, which I really appreciate because the libs are totally fucking up shit, letting us down. You know, I won't get into the abortion bill, but we can both say uh, fuck anybody that doesn't support that. You can suck my dick. You can fucking die. Um, fucking insane like what the fuck yeah, like go like, die that shit was like I, okay just one second on like <laughs> that shit was done right like 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 it's just like rovers it was a federal law like well, i don't know why it's even coming into into fucking like why are we even talking about it now you know what i mean it makes like, no sense it doesn't because remember when like when trump was first like like voted in people like oh like oh he might flip like you know gay people getting married bill uh, but then, like, at the end of the day, he was just like, yeah, I'm not going to touch that. He's like, uh, that, that's just done. But, you know, Brandon, on the other <laughs> hand, is just like, what He's What are they doing? Completely, <laughs> completely asleep at the wheel, just not even fucking, like, managing anything, even, like, looking into anything. Um, but, yeah, anybody who supports anybody who supports the, uh, like, anti-abortion bill or anybody that whatever should just – I hope they get ran over by a car and uh, their family Shut sees the fuck, it. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Yeah, I hope you die. Like, I hate you. Um, fucking – oh, my God. It's just like – like all these people who are like pro life, it's just like none. I, I I never see anyone who's pro life who's also pro adoption, right? Like I've never seen anyone who's like, oh, I've adopted kids, or like, oh, like you know, I support kids like after they're born, after they're born. No, because they're, they're like, anti gay marriage too, and gay people like adopt a ton of kids because they can't have kids of their own, and it's like they're against gay marriage, but then they're also against uh you know abortion so it's just gonna be an abundance of kids who are you know are gonna you know flood the streets or whatever and are gonna be in like the foster care I mean, program. Flood the it's all it's all through the system right well, like, that's, what I'm fucking... say, well that's what i'm saying it's, they're gonna be in like the foster care system and they're gonna be like um you know like they're gonna be like homeless or they're gonna be you know uh more you know uh prone to crime because it's like oh, i don't have a family to turn to i have to make money somehow you know what i mean times are desperate and it's like you know the more people we have that have no direction and no fucking guidance and no family it's like it's like we you know it's fucked up like like they have to be raised by somebody and you're not supporting the social programs that would raise them either and yeah again you're against gay marriage and you're mm-hmm. against and you're against all this other shit and you defund the schools and all that kind of stuff and it's fucking just, like, just wake up to your own hypocr- your own uh, hypocrisies just, just do yourself fucking... a, do yourself a favor and fucking die <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> it, it just like I wish you were aborted I hate you <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you just don't understand like it's like you don't understand how the world works like you know somebody is left like holding the bag. Uh, uh, and that's a bad analogy to use, but, um, yeah. but it's but somebody is, and like instead of you who has like no risk or any like thing that's just like like yeah investment in this at all, any investment at all, you don't have a like, pussy. Shut up! Like why are you why yeah. are you voting on this stuff? And you're telling somebody else how to live their fucking life. You know what I mean? It's just like but like you know teachers getting fired for just by being like oh I'm gay. Oh what you're trying to fucking groom kids? You're fired. Like what? Like I thought you, this was all free speech too. You know what? No, I'm. <laughs> I'm digressing. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, yeah, we yeah we did kind of go off on that one. Um, but you you know it's because it's an album that we have a lot to say about. So honestly, yeah, it's very yeah it's very politically charged, and I like how this album is angry. You you know what I mean? Because like I feel like like anger is kind of like a natural response to some of the stuff that's going on and i feel like um they're able to use that anger and energy to make some pretty good bangers 
yeah, I mean the 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 chemistry between these four guys is absolutely like uh, jaw dropping. I mean, just like even just production wise, or like songs where it's more of a rock feel or more of a thrash feel. They just they're also like uh, malleable to whatever whatever needs to be said or whatever needs to be done. They just really like have an amazing chemistry to where they can just like creatively be like, I want to make this kind of concept, this song. Okay, let's make it. Like rather than uh like be all over the place or trying like mm-hmm. you know compete the ingenuity is great on this album the ingenuity is great they're, they're doing something that no band has ever done uh ever like that's straight up like like i mean they're just combining sounds in ways that no, nobody has ever done so this is definitely like an anti art album one of the top of the year um you know but we are getting close to the end here uh oh, we can pro- we, we can skip over big thief just for a second um i love i love big thief new war mountain i believe you definitely one of the best albums of the year for sure yeah very good album yeah we can go we can it is a really long album um uh i suggest you check out my written review for it uh where i said it was the best album of the year at that time so but uh you know big thief they they made their best album on this one they were able to keep it consistent for like almost two hours of music which is like super rare and like you know a big feat and this is a big risk and it paid off really well but i think we can just skip that one just for just temporarily to focus on the last five minutes here and we can talk about rosalia and charlie xcx because these are you know, two albums that came out on the same day. These are two two of probably the most like highly anticipated, highly rated like tours and albums and everything of the year. So I think we should definitely focus on these two. Yes. Um, um let's just start with uh, Motomami by Rosalia. Um what is this, her second album, right? Or... Uh yeah, it's her se- uh third, third official album. Third. third official album. Um and she is incredible. Um like I think you've said multiple times, like throughout the the year and also on the last episode where we had, had did this episode before uh-huh. um this is her yeezus you know like production's just fucking off the hook um mixed in with uh some latin um spanish songs on here which like i really appreciate how like uh, she's able to incorporate both of them uh i think she does it so well mm-hmm. uh her voice is just so beautiful and powerful that it's able to kind of like pierce through the language barrier and you can still feel the emotions. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I for this album, for, I had a very specific um, reaction to it because the Caliucci's album um, in 2020 is something that really changed my mind on Spanish music and I really wanted to get more into it and I like looked up the lyrics after and I made the, uh, I think I made the really good decision on this one of one day when it was nice outside, I uh, printed out all the English lyrics and I literally went outside and blasted it and that's how I rated it. Um, like on like on the Friday it came out or whatever it was, um, but yeah, I like went through the English lyrics and it, and it's just so creative that like the the ways that she's able to do things on this album. I mean, uh, just like hold on, let me just maybe cut this. But uh, actually, I'm not gonna do any cuts on this. Fuck it. Um, Fucking like, like, unedited. Like just starting off with Sayoko, which like such a, it's such a great combination of jazz. That was such a great. A fucking single tone. too. Yeah, but wait, let me talk about the English lyrics just real quick on this album. Please, like cracking the nut, like uh, Fr- Frank Ocean telling her like the the earth is a nut and you have to crack it. Her shouting out Kim Kardashian on this, like just all these like random lyrics about these random things and just like this like Saoko itself meaning like a swagger. You know what I mean? It's like a. Uh, uh, it's basically like hitting a swish before essentially like the way I said it on the review. Uh, it's like hitting a swish, knowing you're gonna hit a swish essentially before you even like throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, seriously. And, like, I love the production on here, too. Like, it just feels like, like, it's just, like, like, say you play Legend of Zelda and you're, like, in a temple and you're versing a boss. Like, that feels like it's the production of this. Like, it's just so, like, fast and so, like, like digital and, like, it's just so, like, lively that it's just, like, it has, like, its own tone of its own. And with her vocals on top of it, it just makes it sound like it's a standout song and a stand, which makes it this, like, a standout album. 
I know, and then we have all the different types of genres on here. I mean, we have reggaeton when it comes to like uh, we have reggaeton when it comes to like saoko and songs like uh, uh, cute as a little bit of a little bit of reggaeton or like uh, uh, not como a locombe versace and that kind of stuff. Mm, that's a really good one too. Biscochito, a lot of people make fun of it and they say it sounds like a ringtone, which I think is really funny. I, but I like that. I, I like lo- that production I love it. though. I yeah. love it. It's one of my favorite songs on the album for sure. <laughs> We, yeah, I like it. It's so cute, you know, which I, I which I think like 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 is another strength of this album is that like her uh, delivery on some lines and on this like production, like it comes off as like really cute. It's like very <laughs> cheeky. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like it's nice. But then <laughs> we on, like chicken teriyaki too. Yeah, but then we have like heartfelt ballads like on Genius and um, yeah, Como and G, Hentai, Hentai, my favorite song of the uh, one of my favorite songs of the year so far. Uh, Hentai is incredible. Like, yeah. It, the way that she's able to like have such an emotional song on like a, a song called hentai based off of hentai yeah she just does it so well i mean she's just able to really like uh write a song about anything essentially and i, I don't know this is just like such a swish of an album i like it even better than her last album which, which seemed to be hard to top but it's like it's not that it was too much flamenco and she came onto the scene with a really unique flamenco sound and on this i really feel like she's like like the globetrotter that she's always wanted to be rather than like sticking just to spanish flamenco music and people in mexico really fuck with it people in down in central central america really fuck with it it's really interesting to like just like assume these opinions about rosalia and her music based on what's online but then you go out into the real world and it's like oh shit they actually really fuck with her down like where they're playing reggaeton like they really like her down there and it's like i I feel like her message is like really spreading well even though it's like some people call like colonizer music or whatever I feel like she's able to break through um, because just because of her personality and her just her just like raw level of talent, honestly. Yeah, seriously, her talent is just unmatched, and I just can't wait to hear. Since this album is so successful, I can't wait to hear the features that she's gonna have in this year, especially with the Bad Bunny album around the corner. Yep, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna cap this off at sixty five uh, um, uh, minutes here. Uh, Crash is a really great album by Charlie XCX. I love the album Crash. New Shapes, Good Ones, Beg for You, Move Me, Baby. Yep. Uh, yep. yep. Really great album. Every light, Lightning. Uh, yuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's very good. Um, I really like how like it's, she chooses to go into more like a uh, radio friendly type of sound because like even though like you know she's known for hyper pop stuff, I still think she's able to do hyper pop very uh bring hyper pop to like a uh, national sound, uh, which she does very successfully in this project. Uh, yes, I disagree with you on hyper pop. There's like no hyper pop on the album at all. It's all eighties music. No, I know. <laughs> I just fucking. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, I gotta get saying whatever. No, no. Ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but, this, but that, that has been our top 25 uh, albums of the year so far. Uh, please go to our YouTube channel and watch these reviews. Please go to antiart.blog and read these reviews. Uh, we're going to have a lot of exciting announcements coming up very soon. Um, yeah, and, and as always, go to, you know, antiart, our page, underscore, underscore, antiart, underscore, underscore, obviously on Instagram. That's where you found this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and also check out uh, the new podcast that I'm producing, Neoliberal Hell with my friends, uh, Matthew and Anna. Goodbye. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.